Apocalypse Rock. Chapter 31 Tremors. The ground shook, and so the car shook, and the little family inside shook, with it all. The tremors came in rapid fits and starts. The trees shuddered, and the dark figures surrounding Doug's car stumbled and fell. Some tried to lean against the vehicle exterior to keep balance, their hands and arms sliding across the wet surface. Dora and Irene screamed as Doug watched on, strangely unmoved, as if he had been expecting this all along, the world turning into an elastic, undulating thing, and him just floating there. Soon, the tremors subsided. Was that an earthquake, Daddy? Dora's eyes were filled with tears. Irene was still covering her face with her hands. Small whimpers eked through her clasped fingers. The car's engine idled reassuringly in the background. It's okay. Doug had to force himself into the present moment, as if he had been asleep through the shaking. It was just a tremor. It's okay. The dark figure still surrounded the car. Who are they? Dora was on the verge of panic. What are they doing? Doug? A voice called through the window. Doug peered out of the smeared, foggy glass. Hello? Doug? The voice called again. A hooded figure stooped down. It was Marcus. Fuck, Doug muttered to himself. Fuck! Irene cursed from behind her hands. Irene, please don't say that. I made a mistake, but it doesn't mean you're allowed to say it. Doug rolled down the window. Fuck! Irene shouted again from behind her hands. Fuck! Doris started to laugh hysterically. Hi, Marcus. Are you guys okay? Marcus smiled and nodded from beneath her hood. I think we're okay, she said, glancing over at her cohort, huddling in the rain. They were quietly chatting among themselves. How's about you all? She said a bit more loudly so the kids in the back could hear. Irene kept still, her face in her hands. Dora stopped laughing, almost began sobbing again, but nodded shyly. I'm really sorry if we scared you folks before, continued Marcus. You were a bit late and we started to worry. We wanted a hike anyway, so we started walking down to find you. That's okay said Doug, looking back at the kids. Sorry for being late. My parent-teacher meeting overran. Dora, Irene, this is Marcus. Hello, said Dora, almost shouting from the back seat. A muffled affirmative sound could be heard from behind Irene's palms. Marcus smiled. Hi, Dora. Hi, Irene. It's a pleasure to meet you. Welcome to Golden Year's Retreat. Doug nodded toward the lane ahead of them. It looks like the car can make it up. If the rest of the road to the plateau is like this, we'll be fine to drive. Marcus nodded, still smiling. Even gets better further up. I'd offer you all a ride, but there's no space apart from the front seat, said Doug, glancing around at Marcus's cohort. That's okay, replied Marcus. Maybe I'll come with you folks. I'm sure the rest of the group actually wants to be out and about. She stood as she spoke, and a murmur of yeses came back over the car. She walked around to the passenger door, nodding to each figure as she passed by. Marcus got in next to Doug, 
closed the door and pulled down her hood. Her pale blonde hair was completely dry. Doug looked at her finely featured face in the soft light of the cloudy day, pale skin almost glowing in the murky daylight, the shadows of the contours of her face almost luminescent. Doug could sense his daughters staring at this new woman, and wondered if they could see him looking at her. He released the parking brake and eased on the gas. The group of dark figures parted to let the car through. Once it had passed, they closed in again, walking slowly back up behind the car, as if in procession. Gradually, the car increased its distance from the cohort, winding its way up through the woods, the sky obscured by the high dark trees, large droplets of rain thudding on the car's roof and windshield. So, did you kids just come from school? Marcus looked back at Dora and Irene, smiling. Dora nodded vigorously, but stayed silent, her mouth pursed tightly shut. Another affirmative sound murmured from behind Irene's hands. Doug realized that inside a few minutes' crawl from the main road, the steep and bumpy old lane had widened out into a well-leveled gravel road. There was enough space for a couple large trucks to pass by each other at a squeeze. The road had been tapered on each side for drainage, the branches from the surrounding trees cut back to allow high passage. This is a proper road, said Doug. He used to only be able to get up here in like a 4 by 4 truck. Marcus nodded, smiling as she looked out at the slowly passing forest. It took six hard months, but it's a vast improvement. It'll allow us to create the environment we need to thrive here. But why didn't you lay it from the main road? asked Doug. I mean, there's that short stretch that's still basically a logging trail. So isn't all this a bit useless if you can't get to the main road? Marcus nodded. I know what you mean. But we're leaving that part until later. We didn't want to upset the natural terrain. We wanted to wait for full community consultation. It also helped assuage some Golden Years members' privacy concerns. Doug nodded, not really understanding what Marcus meant. This part of Sternen's main road couldn't have more than 20 cars passing by it each day. And most were probably the same people going about their day-to-day. Doug glanced at Marcus. She was smiling out into the woods. He decided to leave it at that. The road leveled out, and they came to a corner. There was a small brown wooden shack, set back a bit in the woods. It was surrounded by teepees and tents. In one clear spot, there was a campfire burning. A couple of people stood by it. The wet smoke hazed around them. When they saw the car, Marcus waved they waved back, all of them smiling in the rain. My colleagues, said Marcus, hard at work. She turned to Doug and smiled. The old halfway house, replied Doug. The shack used to be a stop-off point that the island kids would use on their way up Costo. It looks locked up, Doug noticed. Why are they camping around it rather than just using it? Marcus seemed to have fixated on something out in middle space. We need to fix some leaks in the roof, she said, distantly, as if her mind had floated up into the trees somewhere. There was a long silence. So, where do you come from, originally? Doug asked. Marcus seemed to snap out of whatever thought she was having. 
Oh, I'm from all over, she replied. How can you be from all over? Dora jumped in. Like are your legs from California? Your ears are from Terminal. Your hair's from Peru. That's impossible. I think you have a good point, Marcus laughed. What I meant to say is that I didn't really grow up in one place. I was born in Edinburgh in Scotland, but my parents moved our family to New York when I was two years old. Then we lived in Montreal and Dallas, San Francisco and Saudi Arabia. Then I lived in Paris and then London for university and traveled through South America for a number of years after that. And that's only the start of it. But now I'm here and that's what really matters. Wow, said Dora, her eyes wide in awe. We've only lived on sternum. When our mummy gets famous, maybe we'll move to Los Angeles. Doug flinched. Your mummy's going to be famous, asked Marcus. What's she going to be famous for? Her name is Siobhan, said Dora. She's an actor. She's done some TV shows and movies. But most of them have been trashy. Now she's made a TV series about the director of a Paraguayan slasher cult. Irene had partially eased her hands away from her face and nodded at what Dora was saying. Marcus raised her eyebrows. What you mean to say is that Mummy is an actor on a television series that's made by a director from Paraguay, corrected Doug. He has a cult fan following from some horror films he made, Doug explained to Marcus. It's supposed to be postmodern. The series her mum is working on is a kind of reboot of those old slacker reality shows from the 90s. Satire, I guess. Marcus smiled and nodded. Osmar Elian Prulansky. That's him, said Doug in surprise. You know him? Osmar's an old friend, said Marcus. We worked together in the same theatre group for a while. But that was years ago. I knew he was shooting something in Vancouver, but I haven't chatted with him in a while. He's actually been involved with some Golden Years projects before. It's a nice coincidence that he's working with your partner. We're separated, said Doug softly. About three years now. Ah, sorry, replied Marcus, glancing back at the kids. Not at all, said Doug. He looked back and could see Dora's face had gone cloudy. She was looking out her window into the woods, as if not able to hear their conversation, or not wanting to hear it. The car crawled up the steep road, winding up switchbacks, the rain pouring as Marcus described how they had cut the road into the rocky terrain. At one point, the road leveled out briefly, narrowing, the trees closing in on the car, darkening everything. It felt peaceful. Glancing to his left, Doug briefly caught sight of some moss and fern-covered mounds. It's interesting, Doug said to Marcus. I never came through this way before. It feels different. Marcus didn't reply. She smiled and looked out to her right, toward the sea and the islands in the cloudy distance. We're almost there, Marcus whispered. Finally, they reached a clearing that Doug vaguely recognized. There was a large gravel parking lot in front of a gated canton in among the tall trees. The cantonment walls were tall and made of metal, painted in dark navy blue like an industrial complex. Doug parked and killed the engine. Do you recognize it, Doug? Marcus asked. Partly. The train feels the same. I remember a few of the older trees over there. It's odd. 
To be honest, I'd expected something a bit more organic from you folks. Marcus laughed. Yes, I imagine most people would. But we're getting funding from Innovasol, so that means a lot more requirements about security, health, and safety, things like that. Unfortunately, we can do the more traditional Pacific Northwest driftwood fences and bark shingles. But shall I show you the retreat? Doug nodded and fished his cell phone from his pocket, opened it, and found the video app. He handed it to Dora. Okay, you can watch whatever you want. Just choose it from the kids section, he told them. No funny business. The girls had already disappeared into the glow of the little screen. Doug went to the back of the car and grabbed his work bags. Marcus led him through the rain, past the walls, and into the retreat. Apocalypse Rock is written and read by me, Nate Budzinski. For more, go to apocalypserock.xyz. Please rate and review wherever you find this story, and share with any friends who you think will like it. Thanks for listening.